Hello and welcome to a Wednesday afternoon or evening edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Uh, Before we get started today with this episode, I do want to thank everyone who listened to the last episode when Jesse Marshall came on. It's by far the most downloaded episode uh, that I've had so far, the most listened episode. Um, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, He was, like I said at the beginning of that last episode, he was one of the guests that I really wanted to come on when I first started this podcast. You know, we both support each other's work. He does a hell of a job at The Athletic. Um, You know, it's almost like my dream job writing for that website. But yeah, he provided a lot of outstanding insight. The conversation was great. And he's going to be back on again, uh, hopefully soon at some point. I'm going to hopefully try to have him on maybe in a few weeks. Um, And, you know, more uh, talk about the Penguins. So like I said, thank you guys so much for listening to that episode. Um, the grind doesn't stop. I'll still be having more uh, guests on. I'll maybe try to have some other uh, Penguin reporters on, some other fans um, that have been on before, but some that haven't. I'm going to try to get those people on. Yeah, grind does not stop, people. Um, this podcast is a lot of fun. Um, I didn't think I'd have as much fun doing it as a, as I have been, but you know, it, it really is a lot of fun. But of course, for the Penguins this week, uh, big week, big road trip, uh, the California road trip. Me personally, it's probably one of my favorites. Um, I love staying up late and watching the Penguins. I know some of you old people that listen to this podcast that are, you know, they're not, you're not in your 20s anymore. Um, <laughs> you guys can't stay up till, you know, 12, 31 a.m. on a weekday watching the Penguins. Uh, you know, me personally, like I said, it's right up my alley. I don't go to bed till 1.30 to 2 a.m. anyways on basically any day. Um, you know, it helps being a college student, but also I'm just used to my sleep schedule at this point. I get up at around 10 a.m. every morning uh, for my last semester because my earliest class is at 12.30. So, you know, I can basically do what I want. But, you know, for those that have to get up for a job, of course, you know, I'm going to have to be doing that very soon. Um, it's not going to be the same. I won't be able to uh, stay up that late and um, – Sleep till 10.30 every day. That's just not going to keep happening. But, yeah, I, I love the California trip. It's just it's a lot of fun to stay up to watch the team. Um, of course, it's our start kicks off tonight. They play the Los Angeles Kings at the Staples Center, 10.30 p.m. start. Um, we didn't get to watch the new guys. Patrick Marlowe is going to be playing. Ivan Rodriguez and Connor Sherry. Uh, based on some practice yesterday, it looks like Connor Sherry will be starting with Sidney Crosby and Jason Zucker. You know, no surprises there. I figured uh, Sherry would get his first crack. Up with Crosby, you know, Crosby really, really likes playing with him. Sherry, uh, Sherry, <laughs> I need to stop saying Sherry. Sherry um, actually said he, Sidney Crosby is really easy playing with. Uh, he's real easy to play with, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to see how they mesh again tonight, see if they can rekindle some old habits. Um, Patrick Marlowe looks like he's going to be uh, on the third line. He'll, he may get some shifts here and there in the top six, but I think they're going to be starting him on the third line. On the practice lines yesterday, it looked like he was with um, Evan Rodriguez on the third line. He was centering it, and then I think Patrick Hornquist was on that line. But, um, well, I, I actually, no, I can double-check this real quick. Actually, my apologies. Uh, Hornquist was on the second line with Brian Rustin and Yanni Malkin, and it was Dominic Simone. On the third line, uh, Jared McCann was not at practice, so but Sam Lafferty was recalled on an emergency basis. So, not really sure what's going on there. He might be hurt. He might be sick. Apparently, he was seen um, on the exercise bike after practice, so he was doing an off-ice workout. Um, there was no morning skate today. Mike Sullivan, of course, does not like morning skates. For he, he just hates them. Uh, I think he's been on the record quoting a bunch of times saying he just can't stand them and he just absolutely despises them. So, yeah, no morning skate. So we're not going to know who starts tonight. If I had to make a guess, um, they may go back to Jari. I'm going to go Jari here, 50-50 shot. So, you know, we'll see if I'm right. If I'm not wrong, you know, not the first time that I've been wrong. won't be the last time I've been wrong, as I say 
all the time. But if Jared McCann comes back, I think if Jared McCann plays tonight and not comes back, um, I think the line will look uh, Marlowe, McCann, and Simone, which would be a really, really nice third line. You can put, of course, Russ Malkin, Hornquist, and then you can move um, Rodriguez down with uh, Bluger and Tanev. Uh, that's a really, really good fourth line. He's going to take the spot. Of uh, Zach Ashton Reese for now, who is uh, day to day, not day to day, week to week with a lower body injury, or just an injury. But also, uh, the big, big, big news yesterday coming out of practice was John Marino and Brian Dumoulin returning to practice. Um, I cannot be understated how important that is. I know the Penguins got three forwards at the deadline, but this is, to me personally, this is more important. Getting back two of your best defensive defensemen, two of your best overall defensemen, I should add. I should add, and it's just it's going to make the Penguins that much more better. You can we can finally have two more defensemen that can actually make a breakout pass. Wow, like it'd be awesome. Besides Chris Letang and maybe Marcus Pedersen, no one else can really make a breakout pass, and no one else is really good in their defensive zone. Hopefully, Marcus Pedersen will have a much better game tonight than he did against the Capitals because that was probably um, his his worst game of the season. Probably almost, arguably his worst game in a Penguin uniform. He was just that dreadful um, coughing up the puck like it was no tomorrow. But, um, yeah, it, I don't think they're going to be playing this week. They're not playing tonight. They were not feared for contact just yet. John Marino was quoted after practice saying, yeah, I'm not going to be playing until that three-week minimum uh, clear. So that'll be next Monday. So after the California road trip, they have the Ottawa and Buffalo games. So, Look for John Marino. Hopefully be back next week. He's got to take some contact. He should be back for that Ottawa and Buffalo game. Probably same for Brian Dumoulin. I don't think we'll see Brian Dumoulin this trip. But the fact that they're back practicing, they're going to be cleared for contact, I think, pretty soon. We should, I think, see them by next week. And boy, uh, that is that is much needed for the Penguins because now they can finally roll out their defensive pairs of Dumoulin, Latang, Marcus Pedersen, John Marino, and Jack Johnson, Justin Schultz. That's most likely what they're going to do. And um, really... I think that's their best uh, case of action. Hopefully that helps Justin Schultz, especially uh, shout out to Jeff from the uh, Penn's blog for writing a great piece on Justin Schultz struggles this season. Um, Jeff, if you listen to this podcast, that was a hell of a piece. Please go read it. Everyone. Um, his Twitter handle is J underscore. O F F eight one seven. I almost said zero. That's how just pathetic I am today, folks. Uh, I don't know why I just said, almost said zero, but yes, please go read that piece on Justin Schultz. Um, hopefully, with him getting back down to the third pairing, it eases off him playing top four minutes, gets him back to where we need him to be. And, yeah, we can, we, we can only hope at this point. But, yeah, I'm really excited to see the new guys in action tonight. Really hope uh, – I'm excited to see how fast Patrick Marlowe still is at 40 years old. Really excited to see Sherry next to Crosby again, see if uh, – Sherry and Crosby can rekindle that magic. I doubt Connor Sherry is going to have how many falls per 60 as some of the fan base likes to say that he has. I don't really know why um, people, um, they have that weird claim about him for some reason. And of course, um, Evan Rodriguez, you know, he hasn't really had a lot of playing time this year. Um, it was it was said that he asked out of a trade from the Sabres uh, before the new year, as I said on the last episode of Locked on Penguins. So really curious to see how weird his game that Apparently a lot of writers have said that they've talked to people, and apparently Rodriguez, he's actually pretty good when you give him uh, some decent ice time. So I'm excited about that. Um, this this is a very good stretch of games coming up for the Penguins. They're very winnable. We're going to be touching on that coming up here in this next segment. But, yeah, good to have the team back. Uh, like I said also at the beginning, thank you guys so much for listening to that episode with Jesse Marshall. I really appreciate it. Um, hope you guys can bear with me while he's not here as I try to uh, bring you guys some really good uh, Penguins content on a daily basis.
All right. So as I said before in the uh, before the commercial break, the Penguins do have a very very key stretch of games coming up here. Uh, the Metro's gotten even tighter. Uh, it's very very tight right now. The Flyers are now one point behind behind the Penguins. Yes, you I, you you heard me correctly. They are one point behind them. I know the Penguins have a game or two in hand, but you know what? It won't matter unless you actually win those games in hand, and then you put some distance between that team. Um, I think it was not only just a couple weeks ago that the Penguins were what seven eight points up on the Flyers. You know, a little three game losing streak, and voila, you know, you're one point only ahead of them now. Capitals have put a little distance between the Penguins. They're four points up. The Penguins, though, can cut it to two tonight with a win against the Kings. Um, yeah, I mean, like these these next five games for the Penguins are very, very winnable. I, I think they could definitely win all three, uh, five of these games. I think, at the very least, you want to see three, one, and one, you know, four, and one, four, and oh, and one. Uh, during these these five games. I know there's a back-to-back sprinkled in there, but these California teams stink. And then the two teams after that, they stink. Uh, the Kings are absolutely dreadful. I guess we'll preview that right now. Of course, I know they have Anze Kopitar. He's always been um, underrated for as long as I can remember. Drew Doughty. <laughs> a lot of people have overrated Drew Doughty for a lot of his career. I remember this was back, I think, in the last decade, probably like six years ago or something like that. And there was all the, always the hockey writers that would be like, yeah, man, you, you, a lot of people just don't watch Drew Downey on, on a nightly basis and see how good he is. I mean, well, you know, some people started doing that and, you know, they were just overrating him a little bit. People were trying to say he's better than Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and Victor Hedman. And I'm like, no, nah, he's he's not better than those three. You know, he, he is a very good defenseman. Don't get me wrong. I think he's also overpaid. And he's just he's, his career is kind of going down. Um, a little bit as we speak. I kind of feel I kind of feel bad for him in Los Angeles. They're kind of wasting away the last of his prime years. But you know they got a couple cups out of him, so I don't think um, they're going to be too worried when he retires, as he's going to be um, a two-time, uh, at least a two-time Stanley Cup winner. I don't think though that they're going to get back there anytime soon. Um, of course, they have Jonathan Quick in net. They traded um, what was it Jack Campbell to the Leafs. Jonathan Quick, Mister. Uh, I remember when people used to call him the Mark Andre Fleury of the West. The numbers would. Support that in recent years, not like when he first started out. But Jonathan Quick, probably one of the most athletic goaltenders in the league. The saves that he can make um, when he looks down and out are just nothing short of fantastic. But he can also give up a lot of goals that make you just scratch his head. He does this on a nightly basis too. Um, he's also very overpaid. Uh, I, I, whenever I hear Jonathan Quick, I think of that. Um, if you guys remember that Los Angeles Kings tweet when they signed him to that extension, it was. Um, I'm trying to think of what year it was. It was like that's. T- I, I, I remember the wording of the tweet. That's ten more years of our goalie being better than yours. Uh, I just don't remember like ex- the exact how many years it was on the contract, but it was around there. And yeah, that uh, <laughs> that tweet. Uh, was now it's made look to let me be made out poorly because his play has uh, dropped off a lot. I mean, just look at his numbers this season, everyone. I mean, this, I mean, 39 games played, you know, only 13 wins, though, of course, the Kings are just absolutely terrible. 898 save percentage. Uh, that's really, really bad. Last year, 888, but he was also hurt. Uh, the year before that, I mean, had a really good year, 921. I mean, he's had some decent years. The year before that, 917, 918, 918. So kind of like around, um, a little bit above average, but these last couple years, it has been a big, and I mean a big, yikes for Jonathan Quick. That he has just dropped off dramatically. He's also 34, so he's just he's going he's going down a little bit, man. Uh, it's just it's kind of sad to see how how far he's fallen. Um, you guys forget, you know, they also traded Tyler Toffoli at the deadline. He's not there anymore. 
Um, besides Kopitar, they have Alex Afalo, 15 goals, 37 points this season. Uh, Drew Doughty is actually their third leading scorer, believe it or not, 30 points in 60 games. Dustin Brown's been okay, well, 13 goals, 28 points, 59 games, though Dustin Brown has been known to be a little low-key dirty at times. Uh, Adrian Kempe, 10 goals. Jeff Carter has had a little bit of a nice renaissance season, 17 goals, 27 points. Um, besides that, yeah, there's just there's not a lot there. Um, there, there, there just there really, really isn't. This team is, uh, you know, though I will say Rob Blake is doing a decent job with the rebuild. He's rec um, recouped a lot of picks and assets um, in selling this past trade deadline. He was getting a bunch of picks, you know. For of course they dealt Alec Martinez for a couple picks. He's had Toffoli brought in some picks on a prospect. Jack Campbell. Um, except, you know, a couple more. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it was a really nice job by Rob Blake. I think Kings fans have a lot more faith in him than they did with Dean Lombardi, who was uh, making some very curious decisions. Um, <laughs> that's, that's putting it lightly with the, uh, with the roster. But yeah, I think the Kings, you know, they're on their, uh, they're on the right track, but they're still, this is a rebuild that has to take time. You know, there's just not a lot of talent there. They have some good players, but, uh, there's just they're not enough to compete for a roster uh, for a roster for a playoff spot. Oh, Jesus, like, I'm like screwing up my words today. You know, it, it'll do that. It's Wednesday. It's five o'clock. So um, yeah, but yeah, 10:30 p.m. start tonight, guys. It is on NBC Sports Network, so nationally televised for everyone for a part of Wednesday night hockey. I forget what the first game is. Uh, let me check to see who's calling the game real quick. One of my good buddies. Uh, Jake Baskin, uh, shout out to him if he listens to this podcast, always tweets the broadcasters for each week on NBC Sports Network. Let me check real quick. And it is Alex Faust and Jim Fox. If I'm not mistaken, let me just check this real quick here. Um, I believe that is the commentary of the Los Angeles Kings. Um, let me just check real quick. Yes, yeah, he is the Los Angeles Kings play-by-play -play announcer in Los Angeles. So, yes, it is the Kings team that is calling it. But still, great that the game is actually televised. I don't have to go on Sports Surge or run in NHL streams to find a stream or whatnot. Um, uh, oh, the first game, of course, um, wow, I can't believe that they're actually showing this game tonight. The Sabres and the Avalanche, Wednesday Night Hockey, John Forslund, Eddie Olchek, and Brian Boucher. Um, I, <laughs> I don't want to go into a long rant about Wednesday Night Hockey because – Man, some of the matchups that they show are just so awful. And, you know, that, that's, that's not a Wednesday night hockey matchup. The Sabres are awful. And, you know, the Avalanche are probably going to wipe the floor of them. I, I wish they could flex out some of those matchups, but you know what? We can't always get what we want. If I keep going on about that, I, it's just going to turn into a massive rant. But, um, yeah, I just guess a little preview about the game tonight. Penguins should be able to win this game, I think. Don't play down to an inferior opponent. They beat the Kings earlier in the season, though. It came in a shootout. The Kings actually came back. It was a multi-goal deficit for them. The Penguins, it looked like they just stopped playing in the third period, and the Kings said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll come right back. But still, big game for the Penguins tonight. Get to see um, some of the new guys in action, and, you know, really, really excited for that. All right, so I guess we'll you know we'll preview the rest of the uh, the road trip a little bit. Uh, Friday and Saturday they conclude the re the rest of the California road trip. They will play the Anaheim Ducks and the San Jose Sharks. Uh, both both of these teams are also just absolutely awful. Um, oh, I will start with the Ducks. I really I feel really really bad for John Gibson out there. Um, I hope that there comes a point in time where he asks out for a trade because uh, there's there's not a lot there anymore. Uh, Bob Murray continues to be Bob Murray. He traded Andre Kasse for a really, really bad return, getting the contract of David Backus and a couple assets in return that you know really, really don't move the needle. Kasse, his underlying numbers are, uh, dare I say, very, very good. Uh, the biggest problem is you know is his health. He just has to stay healthy, and you know he's going to be really. I think he's going to be a really, really good fit with the Bruins. Uh, it just makes them that much more 
um, scary. The, the, the Ducks really weren't trying to uh, do anything. I think else at the deadline, they, they weren't going to trade Hampus Lindholm, Cam Fowler, Josh Manson, uh, Jakob Silverberg. Um, that was according to Elliot Friedman on the 31 Thoughts podcast. You know, they, they probably, I think they would have had to have uh, been blown away for a trade offer to consider doing that. Though I think, if I'm not mistaken, Hampus Lindholm uh, is hurt. And yes, that is correct. Yeah, he actually let, he left after he crashed into the boards last night, hurt in Tuesday's game. Uh, that's not good. Uh, Campus Lindholm, I was all, I've always found him to be one of the uh, the most underrated defensemen in the league. Um, I know he has 22 points in 54 games this season, but I mean, he, he just he's just he's always been just really really good. There was a time honestly where you could say that he was better than Cam Fowler, though. I know Cam Fowler is still really really good, but um, yeah, the Ducks, of course, you know they still have a uh, little Baldy. I call Ryan Getzlov Baldy because you know he's you know. Yeah, the nickname needs no introduction. Uh, at least they don't have any Corey Perry anymore, so people can't uh, har- uh, just take a dump on Corey Perry every time uh, he plays the Penguins. Every every time he just played someone in a Ducks uniform, he would just do something stupid. He was all Corey Perry was always one of those like sneaky little dirty players. Uh, he's always been like that throughout his um, entire career. Uh, of course, this hasn't been there for a while. No Ryan Kessler. Uh, Man, uh, he fell off the face of the earth with all those injuries. I feel really, really bad for him. But the, who, who's also having a very, very good season, who actually is tied for the league in points, uh, the, the team lead in points for the Ducks, Adam Henry, 24 goals, 39 points, 63 games. The Ducks were not interested in moving him. He's been really, really good since coming out from the Devils there. Ricard, Raquel, you always have to be um, just cautious when dealing with him. 35 points, 13 of those goals. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was Silverberg, 18 goals, 34 points. Uh, Sam Steele has actually not been bad. And old friend Carter Rowney. I always forget that Carter Rowney's on the Ducks this year, on the Ducks in general. He actually has six goals this year. Is that a career high for him? I'm going to have to look that up. That has to be close to a career high for that poor guy. And then um, they, they traded Derek Granaway. He was having a really, really good year. Um, they got Sonny Milano in a trade uh, from... Columbus, they got Christian Juice, they traded away old uh, pal Daniel Sprong. And yeah, like I said with um, poor John Gibson, I know he has a 903 save percentage this year, three goals against average, but you know, look, look what he's dealing with out in the Anaheim, man. The defense is atrocious, and I know um, it's just the, the way they play, it's just, it's not good enough for him. And he's just, he's gonna, like I said, just please request a trade. Like, p- please do it, please. Um, he just bring him go get send that guy to a team that like actually will like play like play good in front of him so like he doesn't have a meltdown yeah just please all right moving on to the sharks here uh that'll be patrick marlowe's homecoming everyone yes marlowe's homecoming um again so i can't wait to see that i'm sure he's gonna get a raucous ovation um out in san jose um, the one thing that I find really, really funny about this division with this road trip, these are the three worst teams in the Pacific Division, and the Ducks are actually the best of those three teams. 58 points, the Sharks at 56, and then the Kings at 50. Um, for the Sharks, it's just, it, it's it's a mess. Uh, I feel really, really bad uh, for that fan base. Uh, you know, they're... That they they have a lot of talent on that team, but you know the thing with the Sharks management that they screwed over time and time again, goaltending. Can't can't you cannot go into a season with those two same starting goaltenders and Aaron Dell and Martin Jones and expect to compete for a playoff spot? Did it get you to the playoffs last year? Yeah, it did. And then oh yeah, look, they barely beat Vegas because oh they got a lucky penalty call and that they easily should have lost that game. And then they got exposed the next round. They got it's just 
you got lucky last year that you got in because the, because the Pacific sucks. And then the Pacific stinks again this season, and you can't even get in. I know injuries don't help, but, you know, they've just – they've been absolutely terrible. Like, here, look at these stats. Well, here, here are these stats. Martin Jones. Remember what, you know, Martin Jones from the 2016 Stanley Cup Final when he was almost standing on his head at times? This year, 36 games played, 14 wins, 3.11 goals against average, uh, 894 save percentage. Aaron Dell is 907, only 12 wins, 2.94 goals against average. I'm sorry, that's terrible. Uh, and, you know, the fact that they, like I said, the fact that they doubled down on that again, that's just, that's bad management, man. They need to go out and do something about their goaltending position um, this offseason. I'll be curious to see what they do. I mean, they, you know, they can't go back into next season with this goaltending tandem. Um, obviously, you know, Eric Carlson's out. I think he's, yeah, he's out for the season. Uh, he had 40 points in 56 games. Uh, Timo Meyer is always underrated. Twenty goals, forty-one points. Brent Burns, yeah, he, I think he had the, um, I think he had the overtime winner against the Penguins in Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken, from the last game. That's right, the Sharks did beat the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Um, I think it was a four-on-three power play. Twelve goals, forty-two points for him. Evander Kane, uh, twenty-one goals, thirty-seven points. Uh, Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture. Logan Couture actually just came back uh, from injury. <laughs> I believe it or not, yeah, I think Sharks fans were like. Why is he coming back? The season's basically over. Well, you know, hockey players want to play, so of course he's going to um, come back. You know, I, I feel really, really bad for Jumbo Joe that he didn't get traded to a contender. He has 27 points this season. Um, yeah, the comments that he made to the Sharks media the other day, everyone, um, that was a yikes. Uh, he was definitely not happy. Um, I mean, can you blame him? I mean, the guy's, what, over 40 years old now? He's not going to have many more chances to get a cop. I mean, he definitely wanted to, you know, get traded to a contender, though. Apparently, according to Elliot Freeman in these 31 thoughts, a lot of the contenders that Joe Thorne wanted to go to, they just didn't reach out to San Jose. Um, I guess they didn't have any use for him. They didn't need it. So, you know, I'm going to be curious to see what Jumbo Joe does this offseason. I think the Sharks are going to try to gear up for a run next year, you know, get some of the, all those healthy players back, make some changes on their roster, see if they can convince Jumbo Joe to come back. But, you know, I really wouldn't... Now, if I were him, I'd try to go somewhere else. You know, I don't think you're going to win with the Sharks, man. You got you were as close as you were ever going to come when you came in 2016 against the Penguins when you lost in six games. I don't think you're going to get there um, with the Sharks again. And you know, I, I did dump on D Doug Wilson for the um, the goaltending situation, but the fact that man got a first round pick for Barkley Goodrow at the trade deadline. I'm sorry, folks, that is outstanding. I don't know how Tampa gave up a first round pick. For a player like Barkley Goudreau. But you know what? Doug Wilson was probably like, what? Okay, I'll take that. And, you know, he sure enough, he did. But, you know, yeah, the Sharks, like I said, the Sharks still have a lot of talent on this team. You know, yeah, Timo Meyer, you know, Brent Burns, um, Evander Kane, uh, Couture's back, you know, Kevin LeBanc, you know, just so Jumbo Joe can still do his thing a little bit. But, you know, the, the good part is, you know, their, their defense, I mean, well, yeah, a lot of their defense is. Not as good this year, of course, with Eric Carlson out, and then their goaltending is just absolutely atrocious. So yeah, all three of these games are very, very winnable for the Penguins. I want to go. I mean, if I were the, if I were, you know, I, I would definitely want, of course, win all the games. Uh, but you know, personally, good speaking, two and zero and one would probably be really, really good. But still, you should be able to win these three games. You know, they're against teams that are not contending. You know, basically playing for pride at this point. They're not going to make a run to uh, get into a playoff spot. They're just, they're all three of them are not nearly uh, good enough to get in. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Penguins. I know I probably rambled on a little bit too much, stuttering a bunch of, just a bunch of words. That's what I normally do. You know, today was probably uh, worse than um, ever, but you know what? You know, we'll deal with that. We'll have another episode coming tomorrow. 
Won't be able to do an episode after the game tonight. It'll be 1 a.m., I'm sure. No one will listen to it till uh, tomorrow. Well, you know, I could do it after the game and then maybe pu publish it the next day. But, um, yeah, that's what I may do. You know, I'll publish it in the morning. Uh, we'll talk about the game. We'll see how the Penguins do against the Kings. Remember, everyone, NBC Sports Network, um, if you don't live in Pittsburgh, I think they're still televising it in Pittsburgh at 1030 anyways. Um, it's just, yeah, for those people that are not in Pittsburgh, NBCSN. Uh, we'll see how the team plays tonight, see how the new guys fit in. And, you know, we're about a week away from John Marino and Ryan Dumoulin coming back. So reinforcements are on their way, everyone. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.